I can't think of a more compelling word with which to begin a new school year than what the choir just sang. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Hallelujah. At 2.20 this Thursday morning, a woman most everybody here does not know died. I got the word when the family called on my cell phone. I went to meet the family. They wanted to meet at the Riverview Park in St. Joseph. I've had the privilege of being pastor to this family for 17 years. I've known this woman through those years. I would often visit with her at her request. She would call in the middle of the day. She would call in the middle of the night. And she would just talk. And I'd listen and share a thought or two or perhaps a prayer at the end, but that was it. I've been to her home. I've struggled with her. And then on Thursday, the call comes that the battle's over. Family had called me <clears throat> Sunday. Said, Dwight, you got to come. She, she's in a dying condition right now in the CCU at Lakeland Hospital. So I hurried down Sunday in my jeans and stood by her bed, oxygen, mask affixed over her face. Her eyes closed, slowly drifting into an unconsciousness that eventually would never be broken. I met with the family, as I just shared with you, on Thursday in the glory of that summer's park beside the river. And I must tell you that it was as I was driving home from that meeting that like a clap of thunder on a sunny summer afternoon, as if it were the gate of heaven cracked a few millimeters so that I might see the glory, it suddenly hit me. The truth about God that brings to this family today such inextinguishable hope. I went home, began working on this Sabbath sermon all day Thursday into the night yesterday. But when I awakened this morning early and went down to that little place where I like to go, I realized that what we were to have today 
was not to be today. And so I've left my notes over there on the pulpit pew. And I simply want to share with you what the death of this woman has taught me about God. I have known her in the depths of her passionate struggles. And I have said, it cannot be. It just cannot be. Some find it and some don't. But beneath the shade of that oak tree in the River Park lawn, the family told me the story of her last moments of consciousness. And as I saw the glow on this family's face, I am saying to myself, something happened and the family knows it. They know that I know and I know that they know. And yet, the glow on their faces is the absolute assurance that wife and mother died saved. And as I drove home, and that little gate of heaven cracked ajar, it suddenly hit me. That is the truth about God. You can, if you can, Go all the way through your life struggling, hope against hope, to somehow make it with Jesus. And you can come to your last dying breath. And if Jesus is on your breath, you will die saved in Christ. I'm going to preach for five more minutes and then sit down. Open your Bible, please, to the shining summit of the New Testament. I've been studying this epistle all this summer. I'm just aching to get into a journey with you because this queen of epistles, the epistle to the church in Rome, this is the shining apex of all revealed truth. This book has been such an explosive powerhouse that it has literally broken and shattered human paradigms over and over again. And people have been saved because they connected with God through Romans. I've even heard of Adventists getting saved by connecting to God through Romans. Romans chapter 5. I'll sit down. Romans 5. Rescue the perishing? Please. That is the crimson passion on the heart of God today. What the choir so stirringly just sang is the truth. There is no greater truth in the universe than what they just sang. And it's corroborated here. I read these words. Surely familiar to many of you. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. There isn't a man, there isn't a woman, there isn't a young adult, there is not a teenager, there is not a boy or girl under this holy roof 
today on this inaugural Sabbath of a new year that does not qualify for the category of ungodly. We are all ungodly. Some of us struggle with the pastor on the phone. Others, others of us dare not breathe the struggle to anyone. No one in our family, no one in our tribe, no one in our circle, nobody knows the struggle, but we all today are categorized under that solitary word, atheos, we are without God. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps... For a good person, someone might actually... You may have read it in the paper. You may come across it on, on uh, some news magazine show. There'll be a video clip and you will learn, Wow, somebody died for someone else. But verse 8, God proves His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Rescue the perishing. That has forever, since the fall of the human race, been the passion of the heart of the God of this universe. And I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You want to blow your whole life? You want to whittle your days away and wait till the very end? I'm telling you the truth. If you wait till the last day and you come to Jesus, He will accept you just like that and take you into His kingdom. You say, oh, come on, preacher, that can't be true. It is true. That's what the thief on the cross is all about. You can come to the very last moment and breathe Jesus, your expiring breath, and you will be saved. Now, don't you get real cocky and cocksure, young friend of mine, thinking, well, then, good. I shall buy the time, and I shall wait until that closing moment, and when my hands are folded upon my nearly lifeless breast, I shall then confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God hath raised Him from the dead, and I shall be saved. Well, good luck. Last year on opening Sabbath at Andrews University, there was a young man sitting here who believed that his academic career was in the flush and blush New bloom of beginning, not knowing that before Christmas would come, his life on earth would end. So, a word to the wise is sufficient. If you haven't settled who Jesus is in your life, today is the day to make that decision. The scripture is absolutely clear. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. You don't wait till tomorrow because nobody here... Younger agent has tomorrow. Oh, I want it to be that when I come to that dying breath, I too will expire with the name of Christ upon my lips. But I have no guarantee that it will be that way. I may not have a split second to even breathe. It'll be gone. Ladies and gentlemen, the most compelling truth in the universe to issue and conduct a university into its uncharted journey has to be the truth of the gospel that before we knew him God loved us and died for us in Christ Jesus while we were still sinners he died for us God has determined to declare to this fallen rebel planet the truth I love you more than I love myself. Never forget it, he says. I love you more than I love myself. 
If you have been loved, if I have been loved that deeply by the God of this universe, then in the name of Jesus Christ, why would I not embrace Him and accept His salvation? The mission of Andrews University, so well articulated by our president at the convocation on Thursday, can bottom line right here. It is a mission to save every man, woman, and child on this planet. Every boy and girl who comes here and enrolls becomes a partner in a mission to rescue the perishing. I can think of no greater vision than the vision of the Lord Jesus Christ hanging upon Calvary, as Chaplain Lawrence has reminded us, crosses all around us. But the imperative of the gospel is that the cross must be inside as well. While we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. When he stretched out his arms on Calvary's tree, and that naked scream rent the dank, musty air of Golgotha, it was Jesus taking every last sin of mine to his death. I have been pardoned in full in Christ. You accept Jesus, you have the assurance of eternal life. Right now, right now, there is no greater truth. And so, in this closing moment, I wish to make an invitation. Is there a man here who has not yet accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, sir? I appeal to you. Embrace Him now. You don't have to wait till you die to have His name upon your lips. You may put that name there now and keep it there if you choose. Is there a woman here who has yet to confess that Jesus is Lord and that God has raised Him from the dead? Woman? Girl? Today's your day. You put His name upon your lips and live His life in your heart. You will be saved. You will be saved. And so, before we sing the Lord's Prayer together, as we are wont to do on occasions such as this, I want to invite anybody here who has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to stand to your feet and come right here to the front. And I want to have a prayer with you before we together pray the Lord's Prayer. Is there a man here? Is there a woman here who would breathe the name of Jesus, accept Him as Lord and Savior, and begin this journey, wherever you might live or move or have your being, begin this journey with the assurance of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there a man here? God bless you. Is there a woman here? Anybody else? There's no music playing now. We're not singing a hymn. Is there anybody here that needs to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? In the back of the balcony, the back of this church, the choir, the front. 
I wish you'd come forward. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'd like three prayer partners to slip right out of your pew right now and come put an arm around one of these right here. Would you do that right now, please? Is there anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else? In the name of Jesus upon your lips. The name of Jesus in your heart. While we were still sinners, God gave His Son to die for us so that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Is there anyone else? God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you, sister. We'll wait. Anybody else? I'm absolutely convinced that the truth about God is incontrovertible. That He will save you whenever in this journey you cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He will save you. Which is why, knowing how fragile the journey, it is imperative we cry out now. Is there anyone else? I'm going to invite the congregation to kneel with me and us as we pray. Holy God, as a community of faith, we have come to worship you. And as a community of faith, we have been reminded that in the end, what matters most and what shall matter last of all is the confession of our Savior. Oh God, are you really as gracious? Are you really as generous with your grace as that? You mean we can go through life struggling, hope against hope, failure upon failure, trying so hard to prepare ourselves to be accepted by you. Could it be that that quickly you could sweep away an entire life of struggle and sweep us up in the embrace of salvation. Oh God, these who have come, may that embrace be theirs even now. 
There isn't a one of us on our knees right now that wishes to drag the past with us into this New Year's moment. So with these who have come forward, we all join in surrendering that past to your gracious forgetfulness. We all join with these who have come forward in stepping forward into the blessed assurance that Jesus indeed is ours. Holy Christ, Holy Father, and Holy Spirit, triune God, with that fleeting moment of a gate ajar, may the glory of your self-revelation at Calvary be sufficient to lead us now into the journey that remains. And so, dear Father, as an expression of our commitment to you, we once again at the beginning of another school year shall sing the prayer Jesus has taught us to pray. Hear our prayer, O Lord, and accept our hearts through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 